0: Welcome to Podcast Marketing Secrets, the place where entrepreneurs, coaches, and CEOs who are looking to grow their business with a podcast, become a key person of influence in their industry, and get their ideal clients to come to them, also known as attraction marketing. I'm your host, Al Morenton. My guest today is Colin Sandberg. Colin is a multi-business owner and founder of fin Elevate, the MBA. this MBA-led strategic finance firm, helps businesses' owners use their numbers to make money rather than simply better categorizing their expenses. As CEO and owner of manufacturing, distribution, and service businesses, he developed a passion for demystifying small business finance and supporting fellow entrepreneurs in achieving their dreams. Welcome to the show, Colin.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, your business uh, seems... uh, Super fascinating, at least to me. Um, uh, So, is is there something like that happened along your uh, business or entrepreneurial journey that uh, attracted you towards finances and and accounting?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, my my first business um, was really kind of a turnaround project. I I started. I was very green, didn't know anything about business. um, But the minute I took a look at the books, I said, "This can't be right." Um, And so you know, that was really an eye opener for me as a young guy, just trying to uh, figure out business and and learn and realizing that, you know, this, this company had a a lot of financial problems. And so I became CFO of that company, uh, took it over uh, later as CEO. And along the way, I mean, it wasn't just because I happened to be passionate about the numbers. It was a necessity to survive that I figure out the numbers. And so that was really what, you know, started me down this path. And then Later, I would say, as you know, my entrepreneur network grew and I knew more people realizing how few of them really had a passion for their numbers and some of them didn't even have a good understanding of their numbers, uh, just led me to really want to work with other entrepreneurs and and help out in this way.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, so. um, Did you have a background in that in school or anything like that? No, I, I always joke that,
1: you know, uh, when when you're in math class, let's say in high school and, and uh, you know, pop quiz comes out, 95 percent of the class groans and, and wants to hide under their desk. And the other five percent of us, uh, you know, kind of perk up and think, OK, this is this is my moment. I was always just naturally good with math and, and really didn't uh, pursue it to super high levels of math. But all of the basics of like math logic always kind of resonated with me about percentages and you know fractions and just the interplay between the numbers. And so when I got into business and and I love every part of business to be clear, not just the numbers. I mean, I love it all, but that that part really kind of drew me in because it just made logical sense and it wasn't, you know, big complicated calculus or trigonometry. It was just in the weeds like understanding the basics of math and are we making money or are we not.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I know from personal experience and, you know, having, you know, being in different masterminds and whatever, and the financial part of business is the most overlooked, you know, You know. um, and it's almost like you have to learn a new language or something, you know, to, at least to a, a, yep. a owner or founder. And, um, and, and it could be its own animal that just takes you away from actually making the money and stuff. So you're bit, you're, You're the finale. um, It sounds like a necessary evil almost for people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's exactly how we approach it is, you know, to your point, it's the most often overlooked because without sales, you don't, you know, you don't survive at all. And without being able to figure out the operations and your deliverable, you also won't survive, right? Your reputation, your ability to get reorders. But in a very early stage, some businesses are able to get by without really understanding the finance. Uh, side of things. And Mm -hmm. as they grow, that becomes this kind of monster that eventually comes looking for them. And, you know, that's really where we help out businesses is just, you know, helping with that side of it and advising them on making sure that they understand, you know, how to look at the numbers. And, And to your point, it is a little bit of a different language. I would advise every entrepreneur, you know, you're not a real entrepreneur if you don't know your numbers. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's intended to be the challenge that it is to, you know, step up. This is one of the major areas of your business
0: and, you know, you can't just skate by and hide from it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That, that That's awesome. So um, th- how did you uh, come up with, you know, using the, the MBAs, you, you know, to, for the numbers?
1: Yeah. So I, I was a, a pretty rare breed in that I went to uh, an MBA program as an entrepreneur, as someone who's already an owner of a, a small business, you know, in, in the executive MBA program that I went through, which was the top 20 executive MBA program at the time. Uh, hopefully it still is. Um, but, you know, when I went there, it was, you know, big, big company people. This was like, you know, that necessary uh, step that they had to take to hopefully break into the upper executive ranks for, you know, their gigantic Fortune 500 companies. And so the way they looked at at business was very different. You know, they had this one tiny sliver of the business that they were responsible for. They had never really worked with a P&L or or understood the implications of, you know, some of the more company-wide decisions. But for me in a small business, that was what I was doing every day. And so that was why I really wanted to take on my MBA uh, program was I wanted to go and and learn what the big companies were doing and figure out how it could relate back to a small environment and so that's really what i feel like i did and and what made me excited about that was it it gave me kind of a level of professionalism and then as i took that on to small business it just exposed even further like okay there are so many big gaps in the financial side of small businesses um got to figure out a way to address them
0: right on that that's awesome. So so um so so you deal more with like small business, medium business?
1: Yeah, I would say that our, our our typical clients are between one and ten million in revenue. So they're kind of that small emerging mid-sized business, I would say.
0: Right on. So um when somebody's like uh like what stage of business should people be at, you know, when when they seek you out?
1: Well, yeah, I think really it it depends on, you know, how fast you're growing. It depends on the nature, excuse me, sorry. Um, It depends on the nature of their business. But, um, you know, I would say that really as you start to grow, as you start to seek out the right people on your team, just like you need the right people to help you grow your sales department, just like you need the right people to help you with your operations, you need to have that finance uh, seat, have a seat at the table. If that's not you or someone on your team, then I would highly recommend that you find someone. It doesn't have to be me, but, you know, find someone that can help uh, fulfill that role because your business will not ultimately get you where you want to go with two two sides of a three-legged stool, right?
0: Right on. Awesome. Awesome. So I just said, uh, just a- asking for... Um... Uh, some people out there that might be be just barely starting out, like brand new to business, never did a business before, or whatever. Yep. But would you, Would Would you recommend like for for them because they're you know they're they're like you know eyes wide open kind of thing, and you don't know where to spend your money a lot of, a lot of times. Would Would you recommend like if if you're like starting out at zero, like at, at bare, bare minimum, like get like at least like a part time bookkeeper or something, and then get you know get get some traction, and then and then that's when when you started getting traction to seek you out. I yeah, and
1: I, yeah, I think that's that's probably fair. And and really, if you're just starting out, I mean, as long as you're recording your expenses properly, you know, talk to the CPA you plan on having them do your taxes. You don't have mm-hmm. to have super complicated books, um, especially if you're filing on a cash basis with your taxes. You know, this is this can be basically almost like part of your personal business in a way. I would recommend for everyone get a real legal entity, do it the right way, um, mm-hmm. but you know, you don't have to get super complicated right at the beginning. You need to focus on getting some sales, recording the transactions that are happening, you know, making a note for what they were, uh, that you spent money on, but it doesn't have to be super complicated. But as you start to grow, as you start to have traction with that, just like you have to step up the game in, in all the other areas of your business. And one of the first things I recommend to everybody is, you know, read some, there are some good business uh, finance books that are out there for small businesses. That are not as torturous as a textbook, like you would think they are, and so just really look into the books that are out there. Read something from Keith Cunningham. Look up some of the Greg Crabtree books. You know, there are some good books out there that will help you have a financial perspective, even if you don't have a financial background.
0: That's awesome. That's that's good info, and thank you for those book recommendations. So, but yeah, yeah. So that, that's that's really cool, and uh, it sort of reminds me of. Uh, like a mentor uh, uh, that I had a while back, like probably about 10, 15 years ago. And I was trying to get like a a fancy CRM because CRM was really just coming up back then. And, and I was like, so they get this or that or whatever. And I, you know, and I, it was, uh, I didn't have, you know, it was like a high value, but small amount of clients. Like, how many clients do you have? Like, "I, I have like 38. And they were like, you could do that on a whiteboard or an Excel spreadsheet. You don't need anything. Yep. <laughs> don't worry about all that. So, um, yeah, so no, right I love you. that.
1: That's that's a perfect way to put it, right? Is, is as you're, you know, as you scale beyond that where you can't keep it all straight, you couldn't fit it on a whiteboard. Uh, your Excel spreadsheet starts getting too complicated. That's when you really need help, right? But to your point, I mean, and I think you learn a ton of those lessons doing it on a whiteboard, doing it on an Excel spreadsheet, really figuring out what what value uh, you would get out of that more complex system.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, what what, what do you mean by like uh, you help you help business owners use their numbers to make money rather than simply better categorizing their expenses?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'll tell you real quick, we have a three step process when we're working with a client. And the first thing is understand their goal, because I can't help you get to where I don't understand we're going. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the number one thing is work with you to understand. Yeah. So the goal for most business owners from a financial standpoint is to grow their business to become more profitable, to improve their cash flow or to exit their business. Right. And the exit could be hiring somebody. It could be selling the business. It could be, you know, turning it over to the next generation. But depending on which of those four goals you want, you know we need, we need to understand that so we can actually help you. Then the next thing we do is we have what we call the Fin Score, which is basically like a report card for your business uh, from a financial standpoint. So it's a zero to a hundred scale, and it's it goes across twenty different areas. And so with that scorecard, with that report card in hand. We now know what your fin score is, where you're strong, where you're weak. And that allows us to say, okay, we know where your goal is. We know where you are today. The next step is pretty obvious. And we have a playbook that we have put together from some of the books I mentioned, some of the stuff I've come up with. And it's really just intended to be a best practices list. And it's 450 plus items of different things you could potentially do to improve the financial side of your business. So don't get overwhelmed. We don't need to focus on 450. We need to know what your goal is. We need to know where you are today with your fin score. And then really the next two or three uh, plays in the playbook are pretty obvious from that point. And so that's really how we approach working with with clients is we wanna get into the, the heart of what are the plays that would actually move the needle for you. And then we help clients do that. So we don't just give you a big list of here's 20 things you could do. We get in and actually help get the things done.
0: That's awesome. And and it's really, really cool that you have it like system, systemized like that, you know, it's like more efficient, you know, you get to your goals quicker and, and, uh, you you know, that there's like something that the person could look forward to, you know, you know, that they're there and they could be along with you in the process. So, um, but so you have like a team that sort of helps the company and, and that's, uh, better than them hiring like one financial person and spending a ton of money and having all the responsibilities behind that right
1: exactly yeah we're far less than if you hired a a cfo and and the challenge i see with small business we're all trying to save money so Mm -hmm. everybody looks at hiring a low-level person and hoping they can get high-level work out of them we know that's not yep. <laughs> realistic.
0: Um,
1: and, and you know, and and hey, there's nothing wrong with frontline help and and pe- everybody starts somewhere in their career. We were all that low level, <laughs> low, uh, low price labor at one point or another. So there's nothing wrong with uh, getting help on that front. It's just not realistic that they're going to know what to do to actually help your business. Then on the other side of the spectrum, you know, people go hire a, you know, what I, I don't really love the term, but they'll hire this like a fractional CFO type. The reality is in small business, very rarely do you need that caliber of help. If if maybe you're selling the company, you're doing some sort of merger, you know, you're doing something really complicated, maybe. But in reality, the fixing a business from a financial standpoint is just it's a it's a grind because there's a lot of things that need to be done and they need to be done daily, weekly, monthly. And so that's really where we help is like, we're kind of that middle ground of like, we have a playbook that a CFO would put in place, but we actually have the, the uh, help to get it done. And that's the way we, we approach uh, helping the client.
0: That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. And I don't know you like you're a, you know, you're a multi-business owner and stuff like that. So, so um, like at, fr- from a business owner standpoint, you know, like, you know, like, nuts and bolts or services or whatever how i mean i mean the finances you know and money is you know obviously the lifeblood and it's super important you know for your business but how often should a owner look at the financials like daily you know weekly
1: yeah i believe you should take a look at the cash uh daily i think you should look at the rest of the numbers on on a weekly but you need to get it to where you're you're not you know just cracking open the books and trying to search around and figure out what it all means. You need a more systematic way of looking at it. But Mm -hmm. once you have that, once you know, what are your KPI, what are the couple things you're really looking at? Then I think glancing at it weekly and then really doing more of a deep dive on a monthly basis is what I would recommend as the best practice. Right on. And, and, And you help people along with that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge part of what we do is, is number one, help them identify what those, you know what their industry specific business specific kpi should be and then how are they going to track that how are we going to get it aligned where the data just automatically collects that's one thing with the fin score and that system we actually put a a custom dashboard in into the business that the client has access to and that's going to tell them not only their fin score but all the other metrics and again we tell them look there's a thousand potential metrics don't look at a thousand things you're it's going to drive your drive yourself crazy figure out the three to five that really drive uh, your business. And let's focus a hundred percent of our energy on making those things work.
0: That's awesome. That, that's cool. And, and it's, and, and it's cool to have like uh, some, someone to fall back on, but actually that uh, helps you along with that. Cause I remember when I was a youngster, you know, like the, uh, the technology wasn't as advanced as it is now, but there was like some software for, you know, like for finances or whatever, you know, and, I remember, you know, I get these spreadsheets or these little reports, you know, PDFs or whatever. And, um, I was like, okay, this is a bunch of numbers or whatever, you know, but what, and I could sort of like read them, follow, but what does this all mean and why is this one important and you know, which one should I look at? You know, those, those were a bunch of questions that that people have when they're, especially when they're first starting out, but even people that have some pretty seasoned businesses they don't their finances are a mess you know
1: yeah yeah and it's it's totally natural right we all go through that same process when we first become acquainted with the finances you look at the the p l or the balance sheet you look at all the rows you know it's it's almost overwhelming because there's so many different uh, levels of information and we get kind of lost in the in the in the details. And as we, you know, as we help clients, part of what we like to do is just again, simplify, like don't look at everything because to your point, at first it's fascinating and you go, wow, there's so much information here. This is really cool. And then you think, well, I've got some questions. How can I answer them with this information? And then when that doesn't become readily available, a lot of people kind of give up and they just stop looking or they just say, hey, I don't know if I'm making money or not, but I know if I have cash in the bank. Well, even if you're a cash-based business in terms of the way you file your taxes, it, that is not a safe way to live to just say, i either have cash in the bank or I don't. You know, we need to know you're making money, making money every time you do work. And you, because you, the last thing you want to do, and I know this from experience, is scale up an unprofitable business. I mean, that was a huge part of the problem with the business I did the turnaround on uh, when I first started my career, was that the volume of work we were doing wasn't making money a small portion of the work we were doing actually made money. And it wasn't until I dove into the numbers and really asked that question that, that the truth became clear.
0: Yeah, that's so important. I was just talking about someone with that earlier, you know, like, you know, you know, like, you know, how to make a business actually profitable and, you know, keeping the, you know, expenses down, you know, preferably below what everybody else is paying And, you know, so you could, you know, all of, all of this there's a lot, lot of decisions that have to be made, you know, and um, like having somebody th- th- there that's, uh, you know, knows your business and like understands your goals, you know, all, all that kind of stuff and took the time for that, like almost like an extension of, of, of the business and, and you could have like a, almost like a little mini mastermind going on uh, yep. to, to help make it more successful. And it's cool that you have, you know, like you have multiple businesses, and you know, as well so so you understand the entrepreneurial journey yeah very much yeah yeah because yeah. it's much different than the corporate like the thing like, like you were saying like you were different than the other mba students right you know back yeah back and then. and
1: interestingly as i kept contact with my business school you know one of the things they asked me to do was mentor which i love mentoring love working mm-hmm. with with uh, people uh, along that journey Uh, that's been a huge game changer in my life is having the right mentors. But as I mentored the people, they asked me to mentor, a lot of them were going that corporate path. And I, I finally realized, like, I I just don't know how to help you. I mean, frankly, this is, I've done entrepreneurship my entire career. I don't, I can't pretend to know what it's like to be in that corporate environment and have to play the politics and do that route. Um, This, you know, entrepreneurship is so much more just kind of, raw and real and and a little more in your face and and i love that about it um it's just a different very different animal and and to your point you know that's one of the things that i think we add value with our clients is i'm gonna tell you the truth like i'm a business owner and i'm that guy who will walk up if i go to a sandwich shop and i have a bad experience i'll walk up to the counter and say you know what that's not it like i've been here before this is what the experience i just had and i don't try to do it to be rude I do it to be honest. And I do it because if I owned that sandwich shop, I would want someone to walk up to me and say it. Yeah. So for that's sure. that's the way I approach business. And I do the same thing with our clients. It's like, I, I'm not going to do you any favors just telling you what you want to hear, that everything's great and it's going to be even better tomorrow. You know, I have to help you by telling you, like, hey, this part of the business isn't making money or you're paying over, over market over here. And that's okay if that's your choice but I want you to have that choice and I want you to really realize what's happening. And so that's a huge part of the way we built our service was having, like you said, a systemized way to help people and then approach it as if we were an owner of that business. Like, what would we want to know? How would we want to be communicated with? And that's the way we approach business.
0: That's awesome. That's super awesome. And yeah. And, and, but the people that want to go to that corporate, right. I, I always got, you know, the cut, the the golden handcuffs and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's a, and that's a, it is a completely different mindset. I mean, you, I mean, you could make good money and you know, all that kind of stuff with the, like you said, the politics and everything. The, like, I, I I've always considered myself like unemployable and that's, you know, that's why I'm an entrepreneur kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, um, I, I like the grittiness as, as well. Um, do you have a specific type of business being a business owner do you have a specific type of business that you enjoy or think that is a easier or better way to a better path to go like like product or service or something else
1: Yeah so I do um and I'll tell you I've because I've had different types of businesses still own different types of businesses um mm-hmm. the thing I'm really obsessed with that I think everyone should look at is you know you need replication within your business now that sounds like a big word but really what i'm saying is you need something that's like recurring revenue right Mm -hmm. there's a reason why everything in this world is now software as a service and it's a subscription model and it's not because that's just easier it's because it's inherently better it's better for the business and if they're providing you value it's better for you not to have to constantly make that choice again not to have to constantly go seek that out again And so I know we're all, you know, we've all been subscription to death with all the little things that, you know, are and and now they're I I find it really humorous. Now there's entire services designed to try and help people shed some of those subscriptions. (laughs) But if you have a business where that fits, if you have a business model where, you know, automating repeat orders is an option, that is the best type of business. And then I'll take it a step further. It's the same thing is true for the way you're paid. So if you are currently you know chasing money in your business there is a better way you need to have an agreement with your client that either says when i'm done with my work i have the right to charge your card you know whatever it is there needs to be a way for you to just automate that and make that happen on on automatic uh because those are beyond low value those are almost counterproductive activities to have to chase money that you've already earned to have to call back up your clients and ask them again if they'd like to order And so it doesn't fit every business model, but I would challenge people to find you know think about your business in terms of like the range of potential business models. Make sure you're at the top of that range in everything from you know how uh, efficient and automated your your labor side is. And I don't mean get rid of all your people. I mean empower them with the right tools. Give them you know give them access to some of the AI and tools that are out there now that are making everybody more efficient do a better job faster, easier. And so look at your business through that lens and ask, like, are you at the high end of the range on all those different elements? Um, and and I think if you do, the businesses that do that are the businesses that make a lot of money and, and are very successful.
0: Yeah, for sure. That That's awesome. You know, I, I'm a huge believer in, you know, like, you know, recurring revenue, monthly recurring revenue, all, all that. I, I, you know, I come from a uh, fitness and wellness background, you know, I own gyms, uh, from 87 to 2014. And the, the main reason I owned the gym was because of the monthly recurring revenue, yep. you know, and, uh, that, that wasn't a big thing back in like 1987, you know, you know, cause the computers exactly. weren't even a thing, you yep. know, really, they you know, they were just coming out and, uh, like the internet wasn't what it is. So, um, so, so, but that, but my dad was an insurance, you know, and I, I was, I was a fitness freak. So, and, and he had like that monthly recurring and, and then I was, and then I saw the gym people. And like, yeah. Yeah. That, that's for me. So for sure that, that, that monthly recurring thing. Um, and uh, it's amazing how many, how many different businesses have worked that in to, to their, yeah. to their business, you know, like, like you know, f- from food places, the haircuts, you know yep car even,
1: washes yep yeah.
0: even yep. bmw or or what what what, what company that like they're doing like a monthly fee for their the, the warmer for their seat <laughs> like a nine, 9 bucks a month or something you know <laughs> yep yep yeah it's it's crazy but but that but that habit, having that to fall back on, like like having a set amount of money, no matter what what it is, to fall back on that you know you're getting at the at the first of the month, you're not having to recreate the wheel every month. So, so, so I agree with you with that. Um, yeah,
1: and I think it ultimately builds a stronger business. So it's it's not just that it's more profitable. And I know that sometimes the the client or customer side of that equation is like, oh man, one more subscription the, the, I think it's a little egregious with the seat warmers. That's a little wild, but for most businesses, (laughs) you know, it, it helps everyone to have a healthier business. And so, like you Mm -hmm. said, being able to count on that revenue means that I can invest more stably in the team in the resources necessary to deliver a better experience. So it's really, it's a win for everyone. As long as I'm not charging you for seat warmers on the car you already bought that already has seat warmers
0: yeah exactly yeah because yeah, that, that's a that's, that's obviously ridiculous <laughs>
1: yeah that's a, that's a step too far
0: yeah that, that's awesome yeah and getting back to the um the, to, to like the when, when you start working with people the what, what you do at the beginning and asking about their goals and um you know what the outcome for their business you know the, 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 the direction they want you know it's all it's almost like in in uh, fitness and, and, and wellness and like saying you know like the the first question that pe- most people don't ask but that you should ask is you know what does success look like to you like you know what are your goals what's the you know like if we work together what you know what 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 is success going to look like with you so it, it that that's um like you just having that just make me um shows that you understand business and and business owners yeah so that's huge yep So, um, yeah, yeah. is there um, any uh, like uh, recommendation you would have for somebody starting a business like in, you know, 2024 kind of a thing, you know, as as we head into that, as as opposed to how it was back in the day? Is is there is it any different or or do you have any advice on that?
1: yeah so i would say you know one of the first things is um you know from a financial standpoint at least think about your business model what are you selling what how scalable is it and therefore how sustainable is it in terms of you know are you able to make money on every deal and what happens to some businesses are they they've got you know some sort of a built-in flaw in the way that their their models constructed and so it's like the deck is stacked against them from day one and that could be as an example maybe you even have a a recurring subscription type model but the upfront costs are so heavy and you're not charging the client for those costs and so the onboarding the upfront the setup whatever you want to call it is it costs you more than what they pay you in the first month and then you have to pay to acquire clients well what happens is basically you're you're building a machine that as you grow it eats your cash and you know that you know maybe the first you you only bring on a couple clients you stabilize you keep them for two three months now they're cash positive and you take on a couple more clients and you think this is okay it kind of tricks you into feeling like you're going to get away with that the minute you add five clients in a single month all of a sudden you're you're broke right you're out of cash you may even be upside down and so realizing that from the very beginning I think is one of the most profound things you can do to set yourself up for success
0: that's awesome. Yeah, because uh, I've even been in that situation before it was where, where I literally can't afford to bring on another client.
1: You know? yes. <laughs> yes, What a torturous spot to be, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. That, 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 that's super awesome advice. So um, let's see, how, how can people find out like more uh, about you or, um, or actually even get in contact with you if they're looking for those kind of services?
1: Yeah, so you can you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, again, it's Colin Sandberg. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can also look up uh, Fin Elevate our website www.finelevate.com, Fin Elevate. And you know, that's a great way you can just, re, you know, schedule a, an appointment and, and reach out to us that way. You know, we're uh, a really really easy straightforward company to work with. Um, in fact, we even do, whether, whether you really are a prospect or not, we work with companies and we, we give what we call a deep dive 45. It's basically a 45-minute call. We'll hop on Zoom. We'll look at what are the low-hanging fruit that you could be working on in your business right now. Like we, we just want to add as much value. We do that as much for putting good karma out in the world as anything else. Of you know, We just want to help people, and, and we know that you know, that good karma comes back around somewhere down the road. Uh, but yeah so i would say just reach out to me in one of those two places and and uh let's get in touch whether you think you're a client or not i love i love entrepreneurs i love meeting uh and getting to know other people
0: that's awesome that's that's beautiful so well. we'll make sure to put the um links to that in, in the show notes below the you know you do video and, and audio there is one other question that i had i, I forgot to ask you. Would, would you would you mind if i
1: no, go for it. Let's do it.
0: Okay, so because you mentioned like you know like, like being around more entrepreneurs and things like that, you know, in the, in the very very beginning. So, uh, so do you uh, uh, think that um, developing like connections with more entrepreneurs is 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 really good? And are ma- do you believe in masterminds? Yeah, I'm glad you asked.
1: So uh, we talked about, you know, what to do if someone's starting brand new and whether you're starting new or you've already been at this, I'm a huge believer in, you know, developing a peer network, not from a like I'm going to sell to you standpoint, but just Mm -hmm. other people who understand what you're going through and can help advise you. And we're all in a different step in the same journey. And so the people who are a couple steps ahead of you, the people who are a couple steps behind you, all of that is amazingly beneficial to help you understand where you're at and where you're going. And so yes, I'm a huge fan of mastermind groups. In fact, I think it, whether you know you're in business uh, yet or not, start a mastermind group, and it could be as simple as, as two friends or three friends who decide they're going to talk about this every so often. It, it doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to have a name. Just start talking with people who are are on the same journey and want to get to some of the same places you want to get to, and it's amazing what that does for your confidence, for your ability to present your ideas, you know, for your ability to um, you know communicate with uh, people about where you want to go. It, it's just life changing, and it's something I'm really fortunate. I did very early in my career.
0: That's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah, well, thank you for uh, coming on the show and sharing all those insights with us. You know, it's a it's a, it's a ton of them to take in. But um, I've been curious about like that, you know, that, that financial side. So um, I was really excited to have you on. Um, and like I said, we'll be sure to include all the links uh, below um, in, in the show notes.
1: Yeah, perfect. Thanks so much for having me on. It was fun.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So that concludes this episode of Podcast Marketing Secrets. This is Al Morenton signing off. I hope you have a successful day.